Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Outside the federal courthouse in downtown Oakland, there's this small crowd of homeless advocates and attorneys who are gathering. That's where I meet Anita Morali. She's one of about a dozen people who are homeless and staying on a vacant lot owned by the city. That land was vacant, and it was a spot for illegal dumping. And a really large part of the illegal dumping were tires. So we turned all the tires into container gardens. But the city doesn't want them there. Now a judge is expected to rule this week whether Oakland can force about a dozen homeless residents to leave this piece of land in East Oakland. Today, why residents of the encampment believe they should have the right to stay. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. When you think about homelessness, you don't often think about courtrooms. But in the Bay Area, where people are fighting over housing, that is where we're going. When I show up outside the federal courthouse in downtown Oakland, I walk up to the suits and I find Joshua Piovia Scott, an attorney representing a group of homeless residents who live on a vacant lot the city owns. The city has been trying to get them to leave. We're asking for today a preliminary injunction Uh, which would be a more permanent order that the city not be able to um, destroy and remove this encampment. And I want to introduce you to the lead plaintiff here, Anita Morales. Hi. I think, I don't know if we've talked before, but hi, I'm Devin Kadiyama with KQED. Hi, Devin. Hi. My name's Nita B. Uh, um, That's what people call me. And I'm with um, the Village and Feed the People and the Housing and Dignity Project and one of the residents of the Housing and Dignity Village. Anita Morales is living in the encampment in East Oakland. It's located on Eads and Elmhurst Avenues. At last count, there were 13 people living there, but the number of residents often fluctuates at encampments as people come and go. This particular site is meant for women and families, and Anita Morali says it's also for people who are clean and sober. Can you tell me what the encampment's like? beautiful. It's very well organized. We have different sites for different services. We have a donation provisions um, booth where four times a week people from anywhere, from anywhere who need clothing, shoes, tents, uh, sleeping bags, whatever they need, hygiene can come and get uh, provisions. We have medical services every Saturday with um, like actual doctors and nurses and medical practitioners. Um, and that's open to the whole community. And we do bar- a community barbecue every Sunday when it's not raining. Um, that, that land was vacant for decades and it was a spot for illegal dumping. So, you know, our villages are like these transitional spots, but we will advocate, and if we can't advocate for it, we will build permanent houses. But our ultimate goal for this movement is that there is permanent housing for everybody in Oakland who needs it, not just for the folks who don't even live here yet. Sorry, I think we have to go in. 
another attorney ushers Anita Morali into the courthouse. And so as we get ready to go into the building ourselves where we can't record, let me catch you up on some of the background. There is a lot of history with the people who are challenging the city. This is the third encampment they've helped develop. They're known as the village. And the first time I heard about them was back in January 2017, when a group started building wooden structures and providing other homeless services in a park in West Oakland under the freeway. All this was being done without help from the city. They lasted only a couple of weeks before the city cleared and closed that encampment. The group was then allowed to create another encampment, this is the second one, also with shelters and services near East 12th Street and 23rd Avenue. This is a group of people who feel that the city's not providing them what they need, and so they're going to do it themselves. And so that brings us to the third village encampment. This is the one in East Oakland where Anita lives. And ultimately, the group of people who are suing the city. Now back to the courthouse, where I'm not allowed to record, and so I wait until afterward to talk to people. Inside the courthouse, arguments were made, the judge asked some questions, clarified some stuff, and both sides presented their case. So we get out of the courthouse, yeah. and the courthouse is packed. We're funneling out. It's, it's relatively quiet. 30 people? 30 people or so. 40 people? Yeah. And so sitting on the benches outside, though, is a whole nother group of people who weren't able to get into the hearing. I eventually find Joe DeVries, who's an assistant to the city administrator who oversees a lot of the city's homeless policies. Yeah. Are you guys around to, to comment on it? No. Okay. Yeah, we'll wait for the judge's But he said that the city wasn't going to be commenting until after the judge's decision. So I follow the crowd downstairs and outside where I meet up with KQED reporter Sandia Dirks. There's no constitutional right to shelter. There's only this one ruling, which is Martin v. Boise, which basically goes to the Eighth Amendment, that it's cruel and unusual to punish somebody, to arrest them, for, let's say, for sleeping outside when there's no other shelter. That is one of the arguments that the attorney Joshua Piovia Scott, who represents residents at the homeless encampment, is making in this case. It is unconstitutional to criminalize homeless people for being homeless. If you don't have a place to sleep and you are required to sleep in public, you should not be arrested or cited or found in violation of criminal law for doing so. And that's why the plaintiffs in this case should not be forcibly evicted from the drug-free, women-led camp that they have created. The very impassioned human rights and social justice arguments that the plaintiff's lawyer was making about the fact that this is an amazing uh, space where all of these women have come together and also that they should have a space like this, there's no legal right to that. And it might be valid in a social justice human rights context, but legally, the city doesn't have to provide more than shelter for one night. It just has to not arrest them. Well, and that's something that the city said that they're not going to do, and right? The city has said it's not going to arrest them and that it's going to provide this other, this other shelter possibility for them. And because what they want to do is stay together, whether in this space or someplace else, some sort of permanent encampment, um, that's really a policy issue. Now, what is unfortunate about it is it really sets up an adversarial relationship between the city and homeless people. And you heard the judge say, we're not going to be talking about the policy, whether it's good or bad. You did get the sense, though, that the, the plaintiff's attorney was saying they don't follow the policies well, the way they should. What he's saying is that these policies, they're on paper, but in reality, on the streets, they're actually implemented in very different ways. So that you can say, we're going to do this, but the way that 
people on the street experience those policies is as arrests, is as police presence, is as violent taking of their things. Um, I like that the judge even kind of advocated for mediation, right, between the city and the homeless group to, to work on finding a path forward. Whether that means a resolution that allows them to stay in their current location permanently, that is one possibility. But there are any number of other possibilities to resolve this specific situation with this particular encampment of homeless women. Uh, and those include finding them another... Uh, read the city's papers. They repeatedly refer to their promises to find a location for this group to set up this exact same type of encampment. And all we're asking them to do is then follow through on that promise. Although a city representative declined to comment after the hearing, inside the courtroom, an Oakland deputy city attorney argued that allowing people to stay on the vacant lot is a liability and would set a precedence. You also had, you know, members of the village, you know, sitting sitting in the, that front row. Right in front of us. Scribbling notes on their legal pads and sending them over to their lawyers, you know, very much involved in the case. It was also interesting having advocates with the village and some people who stayed in the village right in front of us because you got a sense of the emotion behind this, oh, right? Yeah. Like you could hear it when they were unhappy with something that the city was saying. Well, the city kept saying, we acknowledge that there's a housing crisis. And every time they said that, it was like a laugh line. Because, you know, for, for those who are unhoused, no duh. Like they've been struggling and dealing with this for, for a long time. But yeah, the judge had to actually say at one point, you know, no chatter from the gallery. And you could see them shushing each other, trying to be composed. It is really hard when people are talking about you um, and they're doing it in suits and they're doing it in front of you and it's going to decide your future and you don't get to say anything. This will decide whether or not they get to stay in this place or whether they're sent to shelters. And I think a lot of their concern with the St. Vincent de Paul sent, uh, shelter, which was the alternative the city is, is offering, um, is that that's not a permanent answer. And so. It's not about what, where they'll spend the next night or the next week, but where they'll be able to go after that. Anita Morales says right now the vacant lot where she stays serves as transitional homes for people. Her motivation, she says, is to advocate for and build permanent supportive housing for people who don't have homes right now. The shelters are very strict of, like, you have to check in at a certain time. Several of us work at nights. Uh, the shelters don't accept children, and there are three minors that live at this village, and so where are they going to go? And, you know, the this, this city's like, oh, we'll make sure they have housing. But the reality is that there just isn't enough shelter beds in Oakland, California. And as a woman, one of the things that impacted me and my daughters is that every night men would find out that we'd be in the camper by ourselves and they'd try to break into the camper. Like every single night we were on the streets, men would try to get into our camper at night. And being at this village, we've not been broken into. No one's trying to rape us, you know? So the reality is that whatever shelter they they're, they're saying they're gonna provide us, it's not gonna last more than a night. We're in limbo right now. So that's kind of like, you know, holding our breaths. The city says that there was room at shelters for the dozen or so people staying on the East Oakland lot. But even if that's true, there are few permanent spots where people like Anita can stay. The judge in the case said he would issue a ruling in the next day or so. Thanks to reporting by Sandia Dirks and Devin Kadiyama, that's it for The Bay. We'll talk to you Friday. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 